my dear respected brothers and sisters who are listening, it is very important for us that we spend moments to remember the destroyer of all passions and desires, which Rasulullah said, "Aksiru min dikri hadi min ladat." Rasulullah said, "Continue and increase the remembrance. Increase this. Make it a common thing." That you remember the destroyer of all desires, what the ego tells you to do. Continue to remember. And they said, what is the break of de- and the destroyer of all these desires? Rasulullah said, moat, it's death. Rasulullah said, man mata faqad qamat qiyamatu. Whosoever has died, his judgment has started. His resurrection and his standing has also almost come, become something that will, he will face very shortly and very soon. Brothers and sisters, this part that we've, we're coming to today, we have covered in the previous parts about the actual moat. We have covered before that some parts about this dunya, the value of this world. Then we want, went on to moat and death. We then covered about the qabr and how we will be six feet under. We then covered about the dead rising, and how we will come up on the Day of Judgment, what kind of things we will see on the Day of Judgment. And then we come to a part, we came to a part last, last time, the day the hands will speak, which is a reference to the actual standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and what people will say, and what they will do, to try and get away with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in the next world. And today we come to a few things that I haven't mentioned yet on the Day of Judgment. Namely, we're looking at the Mizan or the scales. We're looking at the handing of all the books to people and what people will actually say. We're looking at the Sirat, the bridge. And that's the title of this talk, The Bridge. But it holds all these different things. And we're also looking at Araf, a station that is between Jannah and Jahannam. And if we get a chance, we'll talk a bit about Jahannam or slightly something about Jannah. Otherwise, the next part will be just purely about Jannah and Jahannam. And bi'idhnillah, that should end the, the whole series. My brothers... And my sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his, his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once found that Aisha radiallahu anha, she was crying. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam found that Aisha radiallahu anha, she was crying. And this is a hadith in Abu Dawood. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he saw her crying, he said, Ma yubkik. What is it that is making you cry? She said that I just remembered the fire and I cried. I remembered the fire and I cried. Now, this thing, unfortunately, among some of us, or many of us, this thing has now become a thing of the past. To just remember the fire and to cry. To just remember the fire and to cry. The Sahaba would cry when they would come to graveyards. Sahaba would cry when they remembered death. Sahaba would cry on the, just remembering the days of the Prophet 
There are many, plenty of ahadith to say that. Sahaba would cry in thinking about Jahannam. Sahaba would cry thinking about standing in front of Allah. Particularly they would cry when they would be standing in front of Allah in their salah, in tahajjud. There are hadith to say even in Fajr salah. Sayyiduna Abu Bakr when he used to stand in the Fajr prayer and lead the prayers, he used to be crying a lot. Kana rajul bakka, he was the one that would cry. Even Sayyiduna Umar, he was one that when they recited the Quran, they would cry. So in tahajjud, they would, they would have different ayats that would move them. And Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, she, when she read, recited the ayah in her tahajjud prayer, that all of you, all of you will come to this state, all of you will come down this part. There's a part on the Day of Judgment. Imagine the Day of Judgment is flat. And imagine that the Day of Judgment is completely, it's a white piece of earth where Allah will make it light with His nur. Imagine that that's the only source of light on the Day of Judgment. Imagine that after all of this light, after all this, this, this uh, sort of uh, platform that is leveled out, you come to a point where the Day of Judgment then sinks a little. Sinks a little. And when it sinks a little, it comes to a part where people then have to, they come near Jahannam. This part where the, the, the land comes down a little, it comes to right next to Jahannam. That's where Jahannam will be. Jahannam will be connected to that part. At the end of one of the sides of the Day of Judgment, this part will have to go down and that's where the bridge will start. The bridge will start and the bridge will cross over the whole of the back of Jahannam. Now you can't see anything at that point. You can't see anything at that point. Because, and you might think, why not? Because Jahannam is there. Jahannam should be blazing. Well, Jahannam is blazing and it's fiercely hot. But Jahannam's fire is black. Jahannam's fire is black. It was red at one point, but it, it burned so fiercely, so fiercely that it became black. So you can't actually see anything being at that point, that low point. And being at that low point, what you then have to do is get onto the bridge or cross the bridge somehow. And once you cross the bridge over the whole of Jahannam, you then get a chance to go to Jannah because Jannah is in the distance. How long this is, Allahu Alam, Allah knows best. How long this, this whole crossing is. But it's a very long crossing. It's a very, very long crossing. So in Surah Maryam, Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha used to recite that verse that mentions the coming onto that position, onto that part. And وَإِن مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا Allah says, not a single one of you will survive, but every single one of you will come to that point where you have to get to the low pit and then get onto that jisr, get onto that bridge. Saying this ayah, coming to this ayah in Surah Maryam, Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, she would cry and cry and cry and cry until our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, she would have passed the entire night just repeating this one ayah. وَإِن مِّنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا مَقْضِيًّا 
Allah said, this is a judgment that I have passed by. Not a single one of you will survive this point. You must come to this point. And then go from here towards wherever you, it, it takes you. Whether you make it across the bridge, whether you fall into Jahannam, whether you go part way to, over the bridge and then fall into Jahannam, this is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined for all of us to get down to there. Now imagine our mother Aisha radiallahu anha spending the whole night crying. Just, just remember this ayah. Sayyiduna Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhuma. He was reported once to have read the ayah in Surah Al-Rahman. فَإِذَا شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ وَرْدَةً كَدِّهَانٍ فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ When the sky will split and it's going to be red, the whole sky is going to be red, just like some oil, some ointment, something that's spread out over the sky. O ins, O mankind, O jinns, what is that that you deny from the things that Allah has given you? Why does Allah say that in Surah Al-Rahman? Why does He keep on repeating that? Because if you look at Surah Al-Rahman, subhanAllah, it's an awesome, awesome surah. Why? Because this ayah is repeated about 31 times in the surah. There's one third of Surah Al-Rahman that Allah concentrates on what Allah has given the human being. One third of Surah Al-Rahman on the human being. So he talks about our speech, and he talks about the, the, uh, the, the sun, the moon, the trees, the stars. Allah says, I've given you all of this, which one of these do you deny? Which one of these can you say to me that I never gave to you? Allah says, خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَنْصَالٍ كَالْفَخَّارِ وَخَلَقَ الْجَانَّ مِنْ مَارِجٍ مِنْ نَارِ He is the one who has created men and he has created them from clay. He has created jinns from fire. Which one of these Lord's gifts do you deny? Which one of them? مَرَجَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ يَلْتَقِيَانِ I bring the two seas together, I will bring you both together. Men and jinn on the day of judgment, you're both going to be there together. Allah says, the way I make, what? يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُمَ اللُّؤْلُؤُ وَالْمَرْجَانِ I have taken what? Allah says, from the depths of the oceans, from both of them. From, 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 one, of these, from one of these that meet together, one of the seas that meet together, Allah says, I take out some pearls. Which one of these things do you deny? Meaning that from what you have done on this earth, you will find that there will be your amal and your actions that Allah will bring out on the day of judgment. There are deep messages in this. So Allah talks a third of it with all the gifts that is given to us in this world. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He moves on to a third. He talks about from the beginning of the day of judgment all the way, very shortly, beginning of the day of judgment, all the way to about, to, to about uh, two-thirds or halfway through, it stops at the mention of Jahannam. كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا فَانٍ وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ Everything will perish, everything will be gone. Nothing will remain except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing will remain. What is it? What is it that you deny? فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِبًا What is it that you deny? 
يَسْأَلُهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Every day you are asking from him, everyone that he has created, every creation that he has made, all of them are asking from the Rahman, from the one who has created them. You might, not be make, you might say, well, how is it that someone is asking Allah when they're not even lifting their hands? You don't have to lift your hands to make dua to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives people according to their demands. You, you've got a need. That need is a request to Allah. Allah says, I've given that to you. I've given it to you. What is it that you deny? On the day of judgment, I will become free. I'm going to be completely free to be with you. So both of you, O men and O jinn, I'm going to judge between you on the day of judgment. Allah says, Some fire that will come out on that day. وَنُحَاسٌ فَلَا تَنْتَصِرَانْ Copper under your feet that you will have. You will not be saved by anyone else. Except if Allah wants to save you. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانَ What it is? What, what, what are the Lord's gifts that you deny? Which one are they that you deny? And then, فَإِذَا شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ وَرْدَةً كَالْدِّهَانَ Allah summarizes the day of judgment of how the sky is going to split. And this is the ayah Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. He'll spend an entire night, many nights he spent, an entire night just crying over this ayah. Sins that you have done, sins that you have done, you will find no one will want to be questioned on this day. This day you will want to give everything away because of the sins that you've done. You will wish that you had the distance of the east and the west between you and your sins on this day. This will be the case of every single human being. So we are carrying brothers the sins that we have committed. Unless Allah wipes them away, we're going to carry them on the day of judgment. So another about a third of it is dedicated to from the beginning of, of, of the Day of Judgment all the way till the end of Jahannam. And then Allah dedicates a whole third of the surah, a little bit more than a third of the surah about Jannah. Why is Allah doing this? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to us that you're in this world, the, the message of it is, you're in this world, there are certain things that you have received, you should do shukr. You should get to know me and be with me just out of pure, pure sort of thanks. Just thank me for what I've given you. Another third of it is if you are not coming to me for any other reason, then you should come to me because of what I've created in the next life, about my wrath, about the day of judgment, about Jahannam. That should move you. That should move you. And if it doesn't move you, or if you need something else, then look at Jannah. And look what I've given you or what I've kept for you in Jannah. There are certain ahadith that say very clearly, whosoever drinks wine in this world, they will be deprived in the next world in Jannah from, from wine, from drinking wine. Why does he say that? Because the luxuries that we take up in this world, and when he says deprived, it doesn't mean Allah will completely deprive them, but perhaps they will have some kind of deprivation from drinking that in, in the next world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us ahkam and ruling in this world and He wants us to do what? Contemplate on the next world and to make ourselves better human beings. That is all that is requested from us. So here Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, 
According to the hadith, she just remembered the fire. This is a hadith in Abu Dawood. She remembered the fire and she started crying. And Rasulullah said to her, why are you crying? I mean, just think, subhanAllah, in our houses, wife, sister, mother, someone who cries. Many a times it's because they've got family problems. Many times because someone's hurt them. Many times for other reasons. But here Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha is crying because she remembers the fire. فَبَكَيْتُ فَهَلْ تَذْكُرُونَ أَهْلِيكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Is it the case that families will be remembered on the Day of Judgment? Rasulullah then replied and said, there will be three places on the Day of Judgment, three times on the Day of Judgment. No one will remember anyone else. No one will remember anyone else. And he said, the first place, عِنْدَ الْمِيزَانِ at the place where the scales, Allah has kept the scales, and all everyone's, their, their actions are going to be weighed. حَتَّى يَعْلَمْ أَيَخِفْ مِزَانُهُ أَمْ يَثْقُلْ Will his deeds, his good deeds, will they become light? Or will they become heavy on the day of judgment? Until he doesn't know that, he will not remember anyone, or she will not remember anyone else. In one hadith, it says that people will almost, in this situation, will almost be in a fainting situation. In a situation that they almost will lose their senses. Three places. All these three places mentioned in another hadith is almost that they're losing their senses. Rasulullah says the second part is, There will be a point on the Day of Judgment when all the books will come out and Allah will make them fly. Allah will make them fly out. Everyone's books. And your book will come towards you, flying towards you. And your hand will instantly move to catch it. But people will be scared. Which hand will move? Because things are not within your control on this day of judgment. Not everything is within your control. Will it be with my right hand that I will catch it? Will it be with my left hand that I will catch it? And some tafsirs say that it will be the angels that will present it. So they're the ones bringing it from that place and flying towards them to hand it over to them. If the person receives it in the right hand, then it's given right in front of them. If the person receives it in the left hand, then it's left hand but it's from behind them. So it doesn't even come, come in front of them. So what an angel does is that they twist their, their left arm. And one hadith he says that their arm is then taken and pushed right into their body. That it comes out of their back. And then they're given their book from behind them. And that's how they receive their book on the Day of Judgment. So until that matter is not done, or that moment, no one will remember anyone else until that has happened. sirat And the third place where no one will remember anyone or care about anyone else is when they will be at the bridge. Until a person has crossed this bridge, when it will be placed on the back of Jahannam, or right in front of, right in front of people when they're crossing over Jahannam, no one will be thinking about anything else, anyone else, until they have proceeded this time, or this part. My brothers, all these three things we are going to see, and all of us are going to be there. The point here is, if I was to die right now, I mean I've said this before, but I just went to Hajj, I came back and subhanAllah, there was, you know, I don't know if some of you heard about an incident in Hajj this time when a, a bus blew up. There was two people from Birmingham that died 
Yes? Some of you heard of that? Yes? Well, subhanallah, I could have been destined on that bus. There were people from my group who I was supposed to, I was put into the queue to go along with them into that bus. But then it was Allah's qadr that he put me with a, you know, the, the, the person came and said, no, no, you're not going with this one, you're going into the other group. Now that meant that I'm going to probably spend longer hours. And it took us several hours to get to Makkah al-Mukarramah. But when we got there, we thought we had a hard time until we heard what these people went through. They got onto, and these people, look, just happened just now, just now. Every, what, what, what's their mood saying? They've just flown in from UK, going to perform their hajj. They've gone into the ihram. They're, they're right now with all the luggage, their passport and everything, and they come to Jidda. The passports are taken, they get onto this small bus. It's one of those 24-seaters where you have, one, you have two seats on one side, one seat on the other side, and then one seat has to be taken up from, from that single side and opens up into the middle so you can sit, one person can sit in the middle. 24 of them are on their journey towards Jiddah, and they're sleeping, except for some women who are awake and they can smell something. So some of them say that it's like, it's like tires that are probably burning. Some say that it's probably some petrol, they can't make sense. They're telling the driver to check it or stop. And he's in his own little world because he needs to get to Makkah and get back again to make his next you know, journey. He does, he's, he's not in that world at all to think. It was only that a police car came next to them. And that police car then told the driver that he must pull up because the police can see smoke coming out of the engine. So then he pulled up to the side. Now everyone's getting off. But you only, there's only one door. Subhanallah, there's a qadr of Allah. There's only one door right at the front where the driver is. There are no other emergency exits. You can't break the glass. It's one of those old buses. And these people have come for what? To perform hajj. They're going to go back to their families. Two weeks time, three weeks time, they're going to take zamzam back. And they're going to take dates back. And they're going to take gifts back. Two come off, another two come off until the last four. They're a, they're a family of four. A 17-year-old, 19-year-old and their parents. The parents are right behind them. The 19-year-old gets off. The 17-year-old is getting off. His hand is on the bar still. And at that point, when his mother, his mother just pushes him off, at that point, the whole engine went boom. And the fire went straight through the whole of the carriage. Burnt them. Shaheed. Two shaheeds. Now, they're in a state of panic. One of the sons have burnt his hand, but his, his mother and father, they're, they're dying inside. They're trying to break the glass. They can't break the glass. All they can do is watch that the whole coach with all the luggage and everything else just burning right in front of them. 22 of them missed death by 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And if it wasn't for the qadr of Allah, all of them would have been shaheed and gone. Now I asked them later on. And I said to my group, who were, there was about 12 of them on there. I said, how many of you were prepared for this? How many of you were prepared for this? And we had a big long discussion over this. What does preparation mean? Did it mean the wasiyah? Did it mean the will? Because some of them hadn't done their will before they came out. So, and you know, you think about it. Some of them never did their will before they came out. Did it mean that, does preparation mean that they've got enough a'mal or actions? And they're all saying that they could have obviously done more. Does it mean that 
if at this moment I went, I'd be happy enough to meet my Lord. That's another question lingering. Does it mean that I was ready to meet the Qadr of Allah? Suddenly, so sudden that I, will, I, won't, I wasn't prepared for it. So many questions came up. With this one question that I, were you prepared to go? Now, brothers, this is death. There's more, for most people, there is no waiting for it. And if you say to yourself, if anywhere in any one of our minds is that I'm going to do tomorrow or next day, I'll do, I'll do a bit more, or I'll get down to it, and I'll get it done, I'll get my extra salahs, I'll get my Quran, extra Quran, this and that, I'll get it done. You're playing the shaitan's game. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, he says, in his Ihyaul Ulum al-Din, in his book, he says, my friend, if you're saying to yourself that you're going to do it tomorrow, then you're fooling yourself. Because yesterday, you said you're going to do it tomorrow. And two days ago, you said you're going to do it tomorrow. And three days ago, you said the same thing. So today, he said, isn't today, isn't today the tomorrow of yesterday? Isn't today the tomorrow of yesterday? So why are you fooling yourself? Every day you say to yourself the same thing. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And you're being lured into the direction that you might not have enough for the mizan on the day of judgment. La ilaha illallah, the sahaba radiallahu anhum admain, there they did not stop in any, any direction that you could say. Sadaqah, they gave and they gave and they gave. Salah, you'd see them nighttime, daytime, they were praying. You saw them in afu and, and forgiveness, they were the best. In terms of having clean hearts, in terms of how they came to the masjid, in terms of how they dealt with one another, in terms of them seeing the sick, in terms of them looking after their, their um, own, own servants. Let me give you a hadith in terms of servants. Again, this is a hadith in Tirmidhi. Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, she reports, she says, she says a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he sat right in front of him. And he said, Messenger of Allah, Inna li mamlukain yukadhibunani wa yakhzunani wa yasunani. He said, I have got two slaves that I own, that I possess. But they tell me that I'm a liar. And they cheat me. And they disobey me. And then, then obviously he gets angry and said, I then say you know, horrible things to them and I also hit them. So now Messenger of Allah, tell me where do I stand with, with them in terms of what will happen to us. وسلم, the Messenger of Allah said, القيامة, When the day of judgment will come, يُحْسَبُ مَا خَانُوكَ وَعَصَوْكَ وَكَذَّبُوكَ وَعِقَابُكَ إِيَّاهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa will take every deceit that they committed against you, every lie they committed against you, every time they disobeyed you, and every time you started to punish them, Allah will take all that in weight. Allah will weigh their, their, their lies, their deceit, their disobedience, and He will weigh your own attitude towards them. Then Rasulullah says, فَإِن كَانَ عِقَابُكَ إِيَّاهُمْ بِقَدْرِ ذُنُوبِهِمْ If your punishment is the same amount and it actually fits the crime that they did. وَكَانَ كَفَافًا That's enough. لَا لَكَ وَلَا عَلَيْكَ Neither they'll be able to claim over you, nor you'll be able to claim over them. Nothing will happen that is enough. وَإِن كَانَ عِقَابُكَ إِيَّاهُمْ دُونَ ذُنُوبِهِمْ 
But if you find, if Allah finds on the day of judgment that your punishment that you gave to them, that is it's less than their, their sins towards you, then it's going to be a bounty for you on the day of judgment that you have now got something that you can claim against them. But if your punishment is more than their sins, then they will have the advantage over you on this day. The man was shaken by this. He moved away from the Prophet He started to say words to himself. Oh my God, what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen to him? And he started to cry. And then Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said to him, Can't you read what Allah has said in the Holy Quran? On the day of judgment, I will place, on the day of judgment, I will place scales that will be the scales of justice. The scales of justice. Not a single soul shall be oppressed on this day. وَإِنْ كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ أَتَيْنَا بِهَا Even if it is something that you have done of a small item, something as small as a mustard seed, even if it's like that, we will bring it forth on the Day of Judgment. وَكَفَأَ بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ And we are enough for the judgment for this day. This is in Surah Al-Anbiya, verse number 47. The, the, the man, when he heard this from the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Messenger of Allah, ما أجد لي ولهؤلاء شيئا خيرا من مفارقتهم. He said, you know the goodness and the badness or whatever is between us. The only way that I can stop anything happening to myself is that I just have to stay away from them. So أشهدك أنهم كلهم أحرار. I make you a witness that all of them, both of them that I got, I have freed them, and they are free men now. So he freed them. The fear of what would happen to one of them on the day of judgment made them fear the day. Subhanallah, there's two people that came in front of the Prophet Sallallahu And I'm saying this because I want us to think. I want you to think. I want myself to think about the things that we're doing on this earth. Because you know from this hadith, what you, what you think about is, what is it that I'm doing? You might have a dispute. And you might say, no, but he did this, he did that, he did that. But my friend, you're fooling yourself if you think that you can just pass it on the day of judgment because a hurt that you've done, you've, you've given him a hurt, you've hurt him. How do you know how much that weighs on the day of judgment? Have you not seen people, some people you can say to him, you can say to them some swear, you can swear at them. And they'll swear, up, swear back at you 10 times louder with 10 other words added to it. Nothing has hit them. And some people, you don't have to swear at them. You can just look at them, you can, you can just give them a mean face and, and they'll feel hurt inside. Yes? Yes? Both of them are going to be different weights on the Day of Judgment. In fact, the one that you just looked at, that could be more worse than the one that you saw. I'm not saying swearing is okay. So don't go out there and say, yeah, 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 I'd rather swear than give him a dirty look. <laughs> Both of them are worse, but you don't know. Allah knows how much the heart has been hurt. And that's what Allah will, will weigh on the day. He's going to weigh the hurt. Someone might have been hurt by... You know, some people on this, on this earth, they're hurt, but they won't say anything to you. That's the worst case. That's the worst case. Because the one who's saying to you, you wait till I get you one day, you know that he's hurt. But the one who's doing sabr, and the one who's been hurt inside and not saying anything to you. And there are plenty of examples. There are plenty of examples. 
There are daughter-in-laws out there who have been hurt by their mother-in-laws. There are sons that have been hurt by their fathers. There are mothers that have been hurt by their sons. Yes? Yes? Son doesn't come home. She's hurt inside. She's crying for her son. He comes at one o'clock. And he makes her stay awake. She's crying at home. That's a hurt. She will take... She will look for her son on the Day of Judgment to take revenge. There are brothers that are not talking to each other. There are family members, clans that are not talking to each other. These ahadiths should wake us up. And you know what? I can't believe, honestly, the more days that are going by, the more disputes you hear about husbands and wives, the more disputes you hear about family members and clans. And for Allah's sake, for Allah's sake, give it up. What is it? It's a bit of honor. It's only honor and dignity. I'm an ijjot jaibugi. Ijjot jaibugi. My honor, my dignity is going to go. How am I supposed to say sorry to him? Your izzat, you're going to kick it or you're going to smack it like a six on a cricket field on the day of judgment. Your izzat, you're going to knock it down under your feet on the day of judgment. You're not going to care. The people of Jahannam will be said, Allah will say to some people of Jahannam, what would you give if you had in your possession? Allah said, say if you own the entire earth, would you give that? Would you give that just to get out of this place? And the person will say yes. The person will say yes. Forget your izzah, forget your dignity, your honor. Can you imagine just for their izzah and dignity, they don't want to you know, say sorry for, to some, for some oppression they've done. And when, when on the day of judgment, if they had the whole earth, La ilaha illallah, they would want to give it away. In fact, people will say, on that day, take my wife, take my husband, take my family members, take, take all of them, throw me in Jahannam, don't throw me in Jahannam. His sons which he had, and he, 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 was, he had so much pride, so much pride on this earth. And he said, these are my sons, you know, you know, when, they, you know when, when, men have, when men have one son, you know, they're like, yeah, 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 aqiqa. When he's a daughter, tell everyone he said she's born. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I know you're laughing, but it's not right. It's not right. Sons there, aqiqa. Oh yeah. Telling the whole world. When it's a daughter, you get the news two weeks later. Why? Why? Isn't your mother a, 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 a female? Isn't your wife a female? Yeah? Isn't 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 that the case? And then what happens is they get two sons. And now they're, they're full. They got three sons, hat trick. <laughs> they get four, they feel like a king sitting on a throne. They're like, yeah, who wants to mess around with me? Yeah. Got four sons. Yeah. I'm going to send them on you. You better watch out. That's the kind of message they've got. And they got five sons, forget it. You might as well just say, I'm not knocking on your door. <laughs> if you have a problem with them. That's how they feel. Now on the day of judgment, they're going to say, Bani, son number one, son two, son three, son four, son five, take them all of them, tie them up and put them all into Jahannam. But don't take me, don't take me. Don't take me. This is the case of the day of judgment. So for Izzah, for dignity, people can't, can't give up these things. And I'm so sick and tired. You know, I get so many phone calls and, you know, yes, I deal with this and I, and I give people advice of that. And we know what it is. It's the ego. People just can't let go. 
people have issues. Why? Because they can't be good. You know what everyone talks about? Everyone talks about, well, he never gave me this. She never did this for me. He never did this for me. My rights, my rights, my rights. Well, what about the rights that you owe to somebody else? You don't want to talk about that? What about you saying, being the first one to say sorry? First one to say salam? It was a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. No, it was very hard to beat the Prophet ﷺ saying assalamu alaikum. It was very hard to beat him saying assalamu alaikum. Even the young children, they couldn't be the first ones to say salam to him. La ilaha illallah in our mosques, in our mosques, in our communities. Yeah? The little kid didn't say salam to him. Eh, bedab, come back here. <laughs> say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Who's big, me or you? Say salam to him first. Ah, bedab. <laughs> is, that, is that the way to treat them when Rasulullah was the one who you know afu, forgiveness you know rahmah mercy you know not, not, have, not always reading between the lines you know allowing husnuzan having good thoughts about people these are basic sunnahs which the sahaba had that's why they could get on with so many actions you know one of the things uh, I was just reading a book from Imam, by Imam Idrus and he said a wonderful thing in there. He's a 9th century scholar. He said a wonderful thing in there. He said, try not to get into disputes. Because it's just going to put your whole mind into a position that you're unable to do the dhikr of Allah. And you know when you've had a dispute and you've got into it and then you did something wrong, they did something, you did something back, they did something, you did Now you're sitting there all day planning your moves. If he says this, I say that. If he says that, I say that. If he says that, I say that. And then I say, checkmate. <laughs> you're planning all your moves oh he said this and he said this and then you sit on a cup of tea or a kebab roll and you're just talking about all day about what this other guy said why because you got into, do you have to get into that dispute in the first place you really have to get the less people you have that you're in dispute with the, the clearer your mind is you can do this and that's how the sahaba were they, 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 had, they had disputes and when they had a dispute they just went straight in front of one another and said my brother, did you say this? Was this the case? They just went straight to one another and they sorted it out. It wasn't a case that, you know, I, I can't believe it. Every mosque has got people that are fighting, you know, people within the, within the committee, within the community. Every single mosque. And they're all fighting over the chair. For God's sake, it's a chair. Go and buy one from, you know, Costco. <laughs> Buy one from here. It's a chair. And, and not only that, but they're fighting with parties. Then they're fighting that they've got bickering amongst themselves. Then they've got sectarian things. And then that spills over into the community. And the community is like, okay, who's in, who's in charge? And there's so, and you can't, honestly speaking, you know, honestly, you know what hurts me is that when you get to know the people of the mosque and you get to know the committee and you get to know everyone in there, and you walk inside the mosque and you're kind of walking and you're thinking, I wonder which party is going to come and approach me today. Because your politics surround you. And do you really want to come to the house of Allah, the place where you should just freely feel that you can just worship Allah without any worries? Do you want to come to that part of the, of the earth and find that politics are surrounding you? You walk in the masjid, who you walk with, people are gossiping, mm, he's with him. Ah, it's right, he's with him, so he's with that party, not with our party. Come on, for God's sake, let these things go. You know, in the masjid, you can't go to certain masjids because you have to think politically, what am I doing here? Who am I sitting next to? 
Where am I standing? Who am I chatting to outside? People are watching that. I mean, for God's sake, have some husnul dhan, have some good thoughts. And honestly, you might think that I'm just saying, I've, I'm, I'm, I've not only seen this one masjid, I've seen this several masjids. Several masjids. In the most purest place, you can't have, have that mind. And you know what? You know what I do? And I want you to do the same thing. Tell them that you have no party. Tell them you have no party. Tell them you just come to the house of Allah just to worship Allah. Don't get into all these bickerings and, and, and things that are going to spoil your own mind. La ilaha illallah. If only people thought about the sirat and about the, about the mizan, they would give up all of this. They would give it up because it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just an issue just between you and him inside there. What will happen if you say sorry? You know, one of the, one of the hardest words for some people to say that doesn't exist in the dictionary is the word sorry. It's the one of the most hardest words to say. And the Quran says, Their honor makes them sin. Their honor, their dignity, their own pride makes them sin. Because they feel that they're greater than somebody else. You're going to be naked on the day of judgment, uncircumcised, barefoot on the day of judgment, with nothing that you owned from this earth. No sons, no business, no money, nothing. And you stand there and you think you're going to have honor on that day. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. So my, my heart goes out to those people who are victims of all of this. And I say to you that, look, and I will say to you that it's better that you forgive people. Even if you go through, I know it's hard sometimes. Sometimes it's a long zulum, long oppression. There are sometimes women out there that I've come across that they're getting beaten up by their husbands. Sometimes they, 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 they're getting abuse. It might not be beating, but it's abuse. Abuse by, by the husband. You know why the husband's abusing? Because the husband's got his eyes onto other women. That's why. That's one big reason I found. He's not satisfied. Because he married this beautiful girl that was beautiful. And now when he looks at all the other women out there, his wife doesn't look as beautiful as them. So he's, deep in, he's never going to say this. And this is not all husbands. Not all husbands. This is not all disputes. These are some disputes. But I found out that from, my, from talking to these people, one big reason is that they can't control their eyes in the first place. And they, then they start. And they, they can't get married. Again, because that's, that's another problem that we've got. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can have, I mean, this country, you can have five girlfriends, one wife. That's fine. Three girlfriends, one wife. That's fine. We can't have four wives. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, that's another. So he can't get married again, and his eyes are flo floating all around the place, and then he's basically looking at wrong, wrongful stuff on the TV, and he's looking at things on his iPhone, his on HTC, wherever it is, searching through the internet. He's looking on the internet at home, things that he's not supposed to see, and then he starts arguing with his wife. And telling her, you know, it comes out that she's not good looking and she's this, she's that. I mean, honestly speaking, honestly speaking, you, you first do zulm on yourself by making your eyes see the wrong things. And then you come home unsatisfied and you want to put up an argument with your wife. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. There's women who have got a heart that wants to spend more than they can ever get, more than they can afford. And what do they do? They try and tax their husband with it and you basically you've got an ego problem and then you turn that out to your husband not giving you enough you know there's there's there's, there's things that i can go on and say but i want to just say one thing is if you think about the position of the day of judgment you will give up all of this none of this matters
None of this matters. What matters is what's the amal? Is the whole point of saying all of this? What have I got right now that I can take? I can I can present in front of Allah. What have I got right now that I can give to Allah? That's what Allah Subhanahu will take. And Allah has said, What you have, it will perish, it will finish. What you've given to me, I will keep for you for the day of judgment. It's everlasting, it's going to stay with me. It's going to stay with me. That's what Allah has given. So putting this all aside, putting this all aside, Rasulullah has told us these three places. One of them being the Mizan. Now this Mizan, there's different tafasir of how it's going to be. Mawazin has been mentioned and Mizan has been mentioned. Mizan is one scale and Mawazin is several scales. Today it's so easy <clears throat> to understand all of this. So easy Allah's made it. Somebody came to a sheikh and he said to him in the, in the olden days in sheikh, he said, you know, he said, if my, my whole life is going to be in a book, in one book. He said, yes. He said, that book is going to be massive. A big, big, gigantic book. Can you imagine writing your whole life? If, if I were told you to write detailed, to the minute detail, one whole week of your life. You know how, that would be volumes in itself. Can you imagine writing your whole life in one book? So the sheikh had to explain to him. So the sheikh said, he said, if I told you to write this right now with a pen, how many pages would you? He said, I'd need hundreds and thousands of pages to write just what happened in the past of my life. And the sheikh said to him, okay, he said, if you did that, don't you see how all of that information is just coming out of one small brain? One small brain. Today we don't have to go that far. A microchip will hold more information than a few libraries put together. Yes or no? A good few libraries put together. You can have thousands of books, thousands of books on just a single microchip. Allah is showing us, Allah is showing us how things are recorded. In the old days, they used to think how our amal actions are going to be weighed. And there was a whole fitna in, in the Sahaba's time. That the, 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 the Mu'tazila, there's others who denied the weighing of the on Day of Judgment, the weighing of the actions of the Day of Judgment. We don't have to go far today. You can weigh, you can measure, yes or no brothers, you can measure temperature today. Yes? Subhanallah. You can measure the wind today. You can measure the amount of rain that is falling from the sky. You can measure sound, yes or no? You can measure vision. You can measure all of these. These are scales. These are mawazim. So on the day of judgment, Allah has shown us, subhanAllah, you know, they, they were thinking, how is it all going to be recorded? And how is it all going to come on the day of judgment? There's one hadith that says, at the time of your death, your whole life will flash in front of you in within, a, within a moment. You will see your entire, entire life in front, in front of you. On the day of judgment, according to that in, in Surah Qaf, Allah has said, hadid." Your eyes will be really sharp on the day of judgment. How sharp? Within one vision, you can read your entire book. You don't have to go, uh, uh, Sorry Allah, please don't call me right now, I'm on page number 26. I've still got 3,459. Please, I'm reading slow today. 
You don't have to do that. Because within one vision, you see your entire record, entire deeds. Iqra' kitabak kafa hasib, Allah says. You read your book, you're enough for yourself on this day. The eyesight is going to be very sharp on that day. Eyes are going to be different. How else will we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day? Because eyes are going to, Allah is going to change the whole, whole mechanisms of the eye. So on that day, you may imagine people in the past they had to think, how is it all going to be seen? Now we've got videos. And you can, you've got certain computer videos you can take. You can take one of this whole room. It will show you 360 degree rotation of the entire room. Yes? Yes? What else do you need to see to believe the day of judgment and how Allah will record things? La ilaha illallah. On that day when people will come to receive their books, because when these books will come, when the angels will bring the books or they will fly towards them. On that day when the books will come, Allah has said, The one who receives his book in his right hand, he will say, he won't say, he won't, Allah has used that word, specific word. He, he could have said, Ta'alaw, iqra'u kitabi. Come and read my book. Allah could have used so many words in the Quran that, that will give you the meaning of come. But Allah used the word, Ha'umuqra'u kitabiya. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me, you know, the joy, the joy, the excitement the person gets. Right? I'll give you an example, and I'm sure you'll all understand this example, yeah? You know, when you've got basically a tense match going on between Man U and Liverpool, between Arsenal and, and Tottenham Hotspur, whatever, I don't know it is, right? On the top, top of you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't say to me, I never mentioned my you know, group. You know. Yep. Intense match going on. And it's going to be the cup final. Yeah? The final game in the entire series. And it's a tie that is 2-2. And there just needs one more goal. And you can imagine that there's, you know, 90 minutes are almost over. It's an 89th minute. Yep, 89th minute. And at that moment, at that last few seconds, if someone just kicks that ball into one of the goals, yep, what, are they, what will they do? Yeah. You see them? Hooligans. <clears throat> they go wild. They go wild, dragging themselves on their knees on the field. Yeah, one jumping on another, jumping on another like they're in a circus or a zoo. <laughs> Taking his shirt off, like he's, he's in his, you know, bedroom. And they go absolutely mad. Jumping on one another, getting on one another's shoulders, jumping up and down, you know. Yes, because in the last few seconds when you scored, there is no way that the other, the other, person, the other team is going to score. Yes? There's no way in the last few seconds you score. There's no way. It's over. And you've just won the last, last, you know, match of the whole season. Oh, you've got the cup. You know that excitement? Go back to that ayah. Come with my book. Come. They're going to be so excited. They're going to express express through their from their from their whole chest they're going to bring this you know this anguish out oh you come today now because it means you've passed it means you've passed or you can imagine a person who was thinking that they might fail 
they might pass their degree, all the four years have gone to waste, and then they come out and they've got a first class, honours degree, first class, honours degree. How happy they're going to be. I knew I was going to meet my, my own account on this day, in this manner. You know the mu'min, the mu'min has got a feeling right now, right now a mu'min has got a feeling. Every mu'min, every believer has got, they know what might happen if I was to go right now. You know each, one, each and every, every one of us, if you ask yourself deeply, say, if I went right now, how would Allah treat me? You've got a good feeling. And that person says, my good feeling was that I would receive my book and my account like this in my right hand on the Day of Judgment. He's going to be in blissful delight. He's going to be pleased in where, where Allah will put him on the Day of Judgment. In lofty gardens and lofty garden. Oh my servants who have received your books in your right hands, it is time for you to eat and to drink without any worry. Don't worry about halal and haram in Jannah. Don't worry about that in Jannah. You don't have to get into Jannah and look at the ingredients. <laughs> brother, has it the Zabad been done properly, brother? Are you sure? Because I can, you said to me that you got five cows that came here, but I can see ten tails in your counter. What happened to the other five? Yeah, you get all these dodgy shops out there, right? You don't have to worry about the meat in Jannah. Ever worry about anything? It's all halal. Hani and hani and means no worries. Hani and also means that you you got no worries to the limit as well. You know when you go to a buffet, you go to a buffet, yeah, and the guy says, okay. Seven pound ninety-nine buffet. Eat as much as you can, right? So you go to a buffet and you start eating. Yeah. Now you, what normal people can do? Couple of plates, three plates at the most. Yeah. I heard down Brick Lane there was a guy that went into one of the buffets. He went in and he sat down. He took one plate. Okay, he ate the nice big plate. Went for his second one. He ate that. Third one had that one. Fourth one had that one. Fifth one, sixth one, and he went to get his seventh plate. Yeah. And the owner came up to him and he said. Please, Bismillah, take your 7.99 back, please. Don't come back to my shop again. <laughs> Don't come back, please. My God, in this world, when you've got a buffet, open buffet, you obviously you got a limit. Right? In Jannah, there's no limit. There's absolutely no limit to how much Allah, you, know, you want to eat, you can eat to the max all day. There's no limit. Because, why am I giving you this? Because of the days that you spent in the dunya, whatever actions you did, in those, for those days I have given you this. And I'm going to just, uh, just f- f- give me another five minutes. Muadhin can give the other and five pass, inshallah. As for the one who receives his book in his left hand, he will say, Woe to me, I wish that I never got my book. وَلَمْ أَدْرِ مَا حِسَابِيَا I wish I never knew what this account was. يَا لَيْتَهَا كَانَتِ الْقَاضِيَةِ Now subhanallah, people on that day, that person will say what? يَا لَيْتَهَا كَانَتِ الْقَاضِيَةِ I wish death would come to me right now and take me away from this, this platform. Death will come. People in this world, they try to commit suicide. There's no committing suicide on the Day of Judgment. 
Allah gave me wealth and none of that has given me any benefit today. Think about your wealth. Think about your wealth, what Allah has given us. Allah gave me a position on the earth. I ruled over certain people, whatever that was, whether it's family, a community, a crowd, whatever it was, a company. My company has destroyed me today. My position in the world has destroyed me today. Allah will say, and the angels will say, Allah will say to the angels, Get hold of him, beseech him, besiege him and take control of him and tie him up. And then throw him into hellfire. Throw him into hellfire. Take a chain that is 70 feet long, that is made of fire and tie him up in that chain. He's going to be tied in that chain and dragged along. He never used to believe in Allah the Great. He never used to make others or encourage others to feed those who are in need. Allah said that, Allah says, He's got no true close friend on this day of judgment. Hamim is a close friend. He has got nothing. No food that he will have in his mouth, except he will have something thorny that will come out of his, his own neck. It will come out of there when he eats it. No one, no one will have this food except for the sinners. This is in Surah Al-Haqqa. In Surah Al-Inshiqaq, Allah says, First Allah says, the one who will receive with his right hand, there is a fate for that person. Allah says, All his other, all his other accounts will go easy on the day of judgment. And that person who received in his right hand will come back to his family happy and pleased, back to his family with his book in his right hand. As for the one who received it from his back, meaning in his left hand but from behind him. He will say, I wish I would be perished on this day. I wish I would be finished on this day. Wish for death. He will be thrown into the blazing fire. His situation was when he was on this earth, he was happy amongst his family. Meaning that he was, so, he was happy but not worried about the Akhirah. Not just being happy, but just being happy and not worried about the Akhirah. The books will be given to people. The amal or the actions will be weighed on the Day of Judgment on the scales. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in various places of the Quran, he has said, The one who will receive, the one who will have the, the, the deeds weighed on the Day of Judgment, And the scales will be weighty with good deeds on the Day of Judgment, They're going to be in a blissful delight. They're going to be in a happy state on the Day of Judgment. Allah said those whose actions will be light, good actions will be light on the Day of Judgment, then their destination will be Hawiyah, 
What is Hawiyah? What will tell you what Hawiyah is? Narun Hamiyah. It's nothing but the fire of Jahannam that they will have as their destination. Allah said in the Holy Quran in different places. Whoever will bring one deed on this day of judgment, then I will give them ten rewards in return. One single deed will be ten deeds on the day of judgment. Allah said, I will give you that. Anytime you bring me one, I'll give you ten. And anyone who, who makes a sin, the hadith of Bukhari and Muslim says that it will only be one sin. It will be one sin. However, we shouldn't take these matters lightly. Even one sin could, could end somebody up in, in hellfire. We, have, we know the famous hadith of the woman who gave, she, she fed and she, she, she quenched the thirst. She was a woman who was a prostitute. She was selling her body for money. So you can imagine, what is, what is her status in the eyes of Allah? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, we would say she's destined to go to hellfire. So she's a prostitute and she sees a dog dying of thirst. It's a hadith of Bukhari. It's an authentic hadith. What she does is she has rahmah and mercy over that dog. So she comes down to a well and she doesn't find anything else that she can carry the water with. So she takes off her shoe, the shoe of a prostitute. And she then puts water into that comes back, she's, it's not one of those deep wells, it's one of those wells that you can actually, you know, you can actually uh, walk down into. So it's a bit, bit steep, but it's, it's enough for a person to walk into and walk out of. So she then takes water out, she comes to the dog, and she saves the dog's life. Rasulullah has said that that woman is in Jannah. That woman, Allah has forgiven her, she's in Jannah. Don't ever look down, brothers and sisters, on a person who has done sins of even zina and stealing. Adultery and stealing the various ahadith in Bukhari Muslim. And this is for our hope. Rasulullah said that whoever has said La ilaha illallah will go into Jannah. Whoever has said La ilaha illallah will go into Jannah. Wa in zana wa in saraqa. Wa in zana wa in saraqa. Even if they have committed fornication, even if they have stolen something, they will still go to Jannah. And the Sahabi said, Wa in zana wa in saraqa. Even if they have committed the crime of adultery, of fornication, even if they have stolen something from somebody else, in zana wa in saraqa. Meaning what? Meaning that if Allah has mercy on them, if Allah has mercy on them, if Allah wants to take up your, you know, your, your own, um, your bad deeds, and Allah wants to deal with that, and He wants to, He is going to sort it out with you and the other person on the day of judgment. That's Allah's father. It's Allah's bounty. You can't say anything. So we don't look down upon anyone. And if Allah wants to forgive someone through a tawbah, He can forgive them, and He will sort the rest out on the day of judgment. He will make the other party happy on the day of judgment. But that doesn't mean that we start to you know, look at these ahadith and we do some crimes. That doesn't mean that. Because if you do that, then you're, you're asking for it. You know, you're asking for it. So there's ahadith like this, that a person can find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger has given so much hope for us to have. And also so much fear as well for the day of judgment. Nevertheless, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا Ten rewards in return of one good deed that you bring on the Day of Judgment. And Allah has said in the, in the Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 260, that spending something in the path of Allah could equate to 10, could equate to 700, could equate to more than that. And the hadith also in Bukhari also, also coincides with that. 
that Allah can give for one deed. He can give 10 rewards. He can give up to 700. And وَأَضْعَافْ much, much more than that for whoever he wants to. Much more than whoever he wants to. So when we come on the Day of Judgment, we will find all of this inshallah. If we can save it. See, that's the other thing. We do good deeds. We need to save the good deeds for the Day of Judgment. Doing bad deeds sometimes can take away good deeds. Doing good deeds will take away bad deeds. This is a principle. Inna al-hasanat sayyat. It's the principle of the Quran that good deeds will take away bad deeds. And sometimes your bad deeds, like Rasulullah said, that al-hasadu, jealousy will eat into a person's actions just like fire will eat raw wood. Something that dry, raw wood that's used for fire, once you light it, it will just burn. Within minutes, it'll be gone. Within seconds, it could be gone. The same way having jealousy could eat into your actions, the same, you know, into your good actions and take that away. So we are careful of both. We will not do any bad deeds. We will try and do as many good deeds as we can. And this, that, that, that's how we, how we continue. And not to look down on any single you know, good deed. Rasulullah said, do not look down upon any good deed. Even if that means that you meet your brother, your Muslim brother, you meet them with a, with a cheerful face. With a cheerful face, that is a good deed even to be proud of on the Day of Judgment. Rasulullah said, tamra. In a hadith of Muslim, fear the fire, be aware of the fire, even if you can save yourself from half a date. By half, giving half a date to someone, you can save yourself, then do this. Rasulullah said once, he said, in the hadith of Bukhari, he said, I saw a man in Jannah. Yataqallabu, yataqallabu. He's basically so comfortable lying down in Jannah that he's moving his side. You know when sometimes you go, ah, ah, ooh, yep, Sunday morning sleep, yeah? So when you're moving around like that, and you're having so much you know, comfort, Prophet ﷺ said, Fi shajaratin qata'aha kana fi tariqin nas. He said, because there was a branch of a tree that when people had to pass, pass by that branch of a tree, they had to duck down. They had to duck down. So this man decided, why should all these people duck down because of this branch? Let me just cut that branch. So he cut one branch and he got into Jannah. One branch he got into Jannah. In the hadith of Muslim, he said there's a woman who was pious, Abida, she was pious. She used to worship Allah. She used to be in salah constantly. And she, she had a cat. And she tied the cat and left it hungry. And she wouldn't feed the cat. So she was a woman who worshipped Allah. But she did zulm and oppression on a cat. Now I'm, I'm, this is a warning for us. Because there are some people who, you know, you see the mashallah, chacha and chachi, yeah? Uncle ji and uh, auntie ji, yeah? Uncle ji and auntie ji, mashallah, they've done hajj three times over. They've given, they've, they've fasted every single year of their life for Ramadan. They've given zakah every single year of their life. But Uncle G and Auntie G, basically they want to play politics with uh, the new daughter-in-law. Or they want to play politics with someone else in the house. You know, you get these. And you think, they're practicing. Yeah, they're practicing, but they're practicing in their own way. They're practicing in their own way. So this woman here, Rasulullah describes in Hadith of Muslim, she's praying and she tied a cat. And she's continuously doing sujood. But she's not letting the cat go and find its own food. And eventually the cat died. Rasulullah said she's in Jahannam. He said what? She's in Jahannam. Prayer and that 
It might, it's up to Allah, what He wants to do. You don't know what Allah will, will take on, your, on the Day of Judgment as your deed. It could be absolutely anything. Absolutely anything on the Day of Judgment. There's a hadith that when, when, when you know, what will happen? Imagine you've had your, your, you've had your uh, deeds weighed on the Day of Judgment. And what you're going to do, des- people are desperate to get anything. And I've said to you before, people are going to try and snatch from one another, take from one another, and take good deeds from here. They're giving, bad, they're giving their good deed to somebody else because they did wrong to somebody else. They're taking good deeds from here. Their bad deeds are being piled up from somebody else. Somebody, and it's all confusion, frustration. And then in the end, what happens is that there's a young boy, according to one hadith, he has got his good deeds and his bad deeds absolutely the same. They're both the same. And Allah says to him, young man, go on this day of judgment and let me see who, who will be kind enough to give you one good deed so that you can go to Jannah. He needs one deed, one good deed to get into Jannah. So he goes around. His mom doesn't want to know him. His father doesn't want to know him. His brother and sister, no one wants to know him. All the people, his friends, buddies, close mates, you know, people he said, you know, what's up, bro? Yeah. Chilling out, man. All those people want to, want to know him on the Day of Judgment. And then he's walking sad with his head down, walking around, and an old man sees him. An old man says to him, old man, he says, young boy, what's the matter? And the young boy says, you know, young teenager, whatever he is, Allah says, this Allah servant says to this old man, he says, you know, I just need one deed to get across. And I haven't got that on this day. And no one's going to give it to me. So that old man says, Young man, I've only got one deed. The old man says, I've only got one deed. What's that going to do for me on the day of judgment? You take it, make your day. Make your day, go and take it. So this young man grabs that one deed. And he comes running, running back to Allah. And Allah knows where he's coming from. Allah says, oh young man, what have you come to me with? And he says, I've come with that one deed. Allah says, who dares, who dares to challenge me in my mercy on this day? Who is that that gave you this one deed? He says, that old man there. He says, get that old man over here. Hold his hand. Both of you going to Jannah. Both of you going to Jannah. This is Allah's mercy, Allah's father. If he wants to do that on the day of Jannah, he will do with anyone. So there's, the, there's, there's people like that. There is a hadith that says, that subhanallah, people have, people have sinned in this world. And Allah will say to them, you're sentenced to hellfire. And they will run towards hellfire. And they will throw themselves into hellfire. Because they want to show Allah obedience. They want to show Allah obedience. There, is, there are hadith like that you will find. And it's the day of judgment is going to be you know, something that we've never witnessed. We've never witnessed ever before. Where hundreds and thousands of people are getting punished. Hundreds and thousands. Imagine some are drowning in the sweat. Some are, you know, you're going to see Ad and Samud. Imagine you're going to see the whole of the giants there. You're going to see the dinosaurs there. You will see the animals there. And in front of the, in, with the animals, they will just have the qisas, the retribution with one another. And that's it, it's finished. They will be turned to dust. And the kafir will see that and say, The one who didn't believe in this message will say, If only I could turn to dust on this day. That's what they will say. And they will. You imagine what that day is. So having your deeds on that day, every deed people will look back. La ilaha illallah, they will look back. You know there's one hadith that says, when people get to Jannah, 
they will get to Jannah and the doors of Jannah and they want to enter Jannah. Rasulullah said, everyone will have one regret. That's all of us. All of us will have to share this one regret. You're at the doors of Jannah. You're about to get into Jannah. And once you get into Jannah, there are no regrets. Allah will take that away from your heart. But you've got one regret. And that regret will be once you look into Jannah, you will say, and I will say, all of us will say, we will think about all those moments in the earth that we spent without the dhikr of Allah. And we will say, if only I had done one more, one more dhikr, one more subhanallah. Say it. Subhanallah. Uh, that's one more tree in Jannah, brothers. That's one more tree. What is he going to say again? Subhanallah, subhanallah. subhanallah. One more tree in Jannah. See, you're beating me. Now I'm talking. You're making you subhanallah. Don't worry, I'm going to get the same equal amount as you because I told you to do it, right? <laughs> right? So that's a good thing, see? You want to you wanna get loads of trees in Jannah, go spread this hadith. Hadith of Bukhari. One subhanallah, one tree in Jannah. One subhanallah, one tree in Jannah. Tell your family members when you go home. Tell as many people, just say, just say subhanallah. Brother, say subhanallah. You know what happens? He gets one tree, you get an equivalent tree. You get the same thing. Same thing because Rasulullah said, The one who will tell somebody else to do a good, they will, a good deed, they will get the same equivalent thing. In a hadith of Muslim, it says, Nothing from his deed will be taken away to be given to you. You'll both receive the same amount of equal de- deeds. Imagine that on, on the Day of Judgment. So they will remember, they will say, if only I had said one more zikr, one, that, and that part, and this part, oh my God, and I didn't remember Allah. If I did that, then I would have been in this station, that station, and that's, oh my God, I could have got there, I could have got there. I could have had this, this extra part of Jannah. I could have got to Firdaus. I could have got to the highest part. I could have had a place next to Rasulullah wasallam. I could have done, if I only did these few good deeds. La ilaha illallah, people will have this regret. This is a hadith of Tirmidhi. So there's no time to waste when you, when you think about this. Honestly, there's no time to waste. When a person wants to think about the joys of the next life and what Allah is going to give us, there's nothing that we should waste. Now here, I've, about, I've talked to you about the Mizan. I've talked to you about receiving the books. And then what will happen is, there's going to be, <clears throat> there's going to be a time when, you know, there, there, are, there are many cases, and I can't, honestly, I can't cover all the cases that Allah has just mentioned in the Holy Quran, let alone in the Ahadith. But nevertheless, when Allah would have judged the people, and Allah will then say, SubhanAllah will say to the people, go and go behind the things that you worshipped. Now, SubhanAllah, the things that they worship. And the hadith clearly in Bukhari and in Muslim says, those who worship the sun will be told to follow the sun. Those who worship the moon will be told to follow, follow the moon. Those who worship the tree, a stone, they'll be, followed, they'll be told to follow that. Those, the Yahud, the Jews, Allah will say to them clearly, who did you worship? And some of them will say, Uzaid, we worship Uzaid. And Allah will say, ma kana lillah, Allah did not have. Mattakhad Allahu min sahibatin wala walad. This is a hadith in Bukhari Muslim. Allah did not take a, a son. Allah did not take a wife. So, what do you want? فَمَاذَا تَبْغُونَ What do you want? They will say, Atishna ya Rabbana wallah, we are, we are very thirsty. Faskina, give us some, some drink. Then it will tell, Ala taridun, don't you want to go down there? They will go down there, فَيُحْشَرُونَ إِلَى النَّارِ They will be taken straight into the fire. They will go where, from the Day of Judgment, follow something. And that pit I said to you earlier, before the Isha Salah, they will get there and then they will be swallowed by the, by the fire. And Allah will tell the, tell the Nasara, what did you, you know, what, what did you do, and what did you do, and so on. Each group will be told, you go and follow whoever you worship. <clears throat> the Mu'minun, 
believers will be left. Others will have started to go towards whatever they worship. Some, as I said to you before, some will be pulled from the day of judgment straight into Jahannam. Some will be sentenced and the angels will, like I said, uh, that, that uh, ayah of the Qur'an, they'll be wrapped around in chains of fire and st- taken straight to Jahannam. Some will, be ought, some will be taken headlong into fire. Now that's famous hadith. And this is about intention. The one, the alim, the scholar, the, the, the rich person, and the one who is a mujahid. All three of them brought on the day of judgment. Long hadith of Muslim. Allah says, Why did, لماذا? Why did you learn? Ta'allamta, wa'alimta, alamta. You taught others, you learned yourself. Why did you do this, O scholar? O learned one. And he will say, Libtigha'i wajikal karim. I did this for your, for your pleasure, Allah. I did this for your pleasure. Allah will say, Kadabta, you lied. Kadab, you lie. You did this so, yuqal innaka qari. You did this so that people could say that what a wonderful reciter you are. What a wonderful reciter you are. Now this is, this is for people who are knowledgeable, people who are learned, people who want to stand on the member, people who want to stand on the musalla. You know, have you seen, you know, the, the day the imam is not here, you got about two, three people, you know, the pants are shaking, they want to get on the musalla. They're dying to get musalla. And they're saying in their heart, please, please, Imam Sahib, please don't come today, please don't come today. I want to leave the Zohar prayer, Zohar prayer. Don't worry, no one will hear my qiraat. No one will know, not know how many mistakes I'm making. They want to jump to the musalla, so they will jump to the musalla. And this, is a big, this is a big responsibility. Standing on the musalla is a big responsibility. You don't want to end up on the Day of Judgment and people are saying to you, because of him, our salah wasn't done. So the people who will learn it, the people who are, you know, who want to learn qira'a and they basically sit in there all day and they in the mind they him Allah people are saying Allah their minds are where people Minds away, people. People are, people, subhanAllah, people are learning hadith so that they can tell others hadith. And people will say, wow, that guy knows hadith. Rasulullah has said, you learn, you acquire knowledge for three reasons. You will not even smell the fragrance of paradise, let alone going near it, going inside it. If you acquire knowledge so that you can, you can impress the scholars, you can impress the scholars. Or if you learn and acquire knowledge so that you can argue with the, with the ones who have got not enough knowledge as you. Some brothers, you know, they want to learn. Baki, I've got Bukhari, Bukhari in my house. Yeah, I'm quoting you Bukhari, this hadith is more stronger than your hadith. See, you are weak, I'm strong, bro. Is it all about that? You strong because you got hadith of Bukhari, the guy's weak because he's got a hadith outside Bukhari. And what's your intention? Why are you doing this? Why are you carrying on telling people this? I mean, okay, fine enough, you want to spread knowledge, you will spread knowledge. But if it's because you want to argue with the ones who don't have as enough knowledge as you, or the ignorant ones, then you are one of those which Rasulullah is talking about. And the third one, he said, They want people's faces to turn to them. La ilaha illallah. They want people watching them, seeing them. La ilaha illallah. You know, you've got all these uh, channels, you know, all these channels, yeah, Islamic channels. Man, they're, they're, they're like people, they can't wait to get onto the seat behind the camera. Because the moment they sit on that seat, the guy doesn't know Jack, and he's called scholar. He's called Sheikh. He's called Sheikh. 
That guy's got a bit of a beard, he's become shake. Yeah, right? Milkshake? What kind of shake are you? And people are taking photos of them. People are taking photos of them. People are asking the questions and the guy's sitting there giving all the answers. And he should fear. should fear Allah if he doesn't have the right knowledge. So for these reasons, if people are doing it, Allah will say to the devil, you lied. Then Allah would have ordered, angels will then drag him on his face on the day of judgment in front of people. Drag him on his face. So they've got him with his, they've got his, his legs high up in the air, his feet tied up high in the air, and his face is being dragged on the, on the surface of the day of judgment. And then he will be thrown headlong into the fire. The same will happen with the mujahid who wanted to go out there, he wanted to fight. Why? Because he wanted, to, he wanted people to see how he can go pow, pow, pow. That's all he wants to do. Pow, pow. And see, see, I'd dodge that man. I'd hit that man. Woo, woo. That's all he wants to do. Show people how brave he is. So Allah said, well, people said you were brave. That's it. Shuja, you were a brave person. Go straight to hellfire. Same thing will happen to him. And the one who gave his wealth, because he wanted people to see him and praise him for giving the wealth. I mean, come on, brother. You want to give wealth. You want to give some sadaqah. You've got it. Don't stock it up for the 27th night of Ramadan. So that when everyone's waiting there, who's going to be the thousand pound donor? You're going to say, me, I have made it. Everyone see me thousand pound donor. And please sign it, my receipt with Chaudhary. <laughs> Set sub. Whatever the guy wants to basically show his... So Allah will say, you gave that so people could tell, you know, see you, praise you for it. Well, that's happened now, go straight to hellfire. So that, that's a fate. And th- let's think about ourselves. What are we doing that is not for Allah? Because that will be something clear on the Day of Judgment. The Surah Al-Adiyat says that Allah, What was deep inside your heart, that's going to come on, to, on the Day of Judgment. The intentions you had to doing some of these actions on the Day of Judgment will be very clear that you did in the dunya, very clear on the Day of Judgment. So anyway, Imagine Allah subhanahu will say now, everyone's gone away and they followed whatever they had to follow and who's left? The believers are left and there's some munafiqeen that are left amongst them. Hypocrites. They're weak, either weak Muslims, hypocrites of the heart, hypocrites of the actions, whatever they are, because don't forget there are two types of hypocrites. One hypocrite who really did not believe in Allah from his heart, but he does, just did some body service, lip service, just showing others that he's a believer when he's not really a believer. And there's another type Sorry, just before I carry on, brothers, can you just, if you've got space in front of you, please just move forward slightly. There's another type, there's another type that is the munafiq of the actions. Their actions are making, their, their actions are against their own beliefs. And these, there are plenty of Muslims like that today. You know, they're not, they're, they believe in Allah from the heart, but they're actually, you know, they're lying, they're cheating. You can't trust them. They're a Muslim, you can't trust them. They're cheaters, they're liars. They, they swear, they're abusive. They're oppressive. And they're Muslim. They say the shahada. They believe it from the heart. They believe Allah exists, but they still do wrong things. That's the second type of munafiq. Both of them will be amongst the mu'mineen and the believers on the Day of Judgment, waiting. And this, the hadith continues. The hadith continues that only the righteous and the people who are sinners will be left. Allah will come to them on the Day of Judgment in a way. Allah knows best how He's going to do this. We don't believe Allah has any physical appearance. We don't believe that Allah has any physical dimension. We don't believe Allah is restricted by time or space. We don't believe in any of that. However Allah will do so, He's going to come to them. Whichever way that is. 
Allah will then say, tanzurun. What are you waiting for, you people? Everyone has gone with their deeds. They will say, yes, O our Lord. Everyone's gone. And we are waiting for our Lord. Allah will say, well, I'm your Lord. They will say, they will not recognize Allah in the way He will present Himself to them. They will say, na'udhu billahi min. They say, we seek refuge in Allah from you. We do not, we do not commit any shirk with Allah. And they will say that two times or three times until some of them would want to sort of move away from that place. And then Allah will address them and say, have you got... And this, this Allah will only address the prophets amongst them. See, all the prophets will be amongst the believers. All the prophets from the beginning to the end. Allah will say, are you waiting for a sign that you want to ask for so that the Lord can show you the sign and you can then follow the Lord? They will say, yes. Prophets will say, yes. We're waiting for the saq. And what is the saq? Saq is something that Allah has which He will reveal on the Day of Judgment. Literally, the saq in Arabic would mean the shin, but we do not say that Allah has anything like His creation. We do not say that. We do not know what it exactly is. Honestly, we don't know. This is one of the ayats that is ambiguous. Allah has put that in the Quran for us just to accept uh, that he's, he's, he's got this. Or whatever that will be, He will show the saq on the Day of Judgment. And when He shows that, every believer will fall into prostration in front of Allah. The munafiks, the hypocrites, those who are not true Muslims, or those who are Muslims, but they were not good Muslims, and they never used to worship Allah in this world, they will try to get into sujood, but their backs will be made straight. Tabakatan wahida. Their whole neck and back and legs will be made straight. And they will not be able to do sujood, they will fall back onto their necks. And they will try a few times to do sujood, they will not be able to do sujood. But every true believer will go straight into sujood. They will recognize that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has revealed Himself to us in one way or another. They will follow the prophets in going to sujood. And then Allah will reveal to him in a different way that He did from the first time. And now they will recognize that this is Allah. And the Sahaba said, Messenger of Allah, are we going to see Allah on the Day of Judgment? And Rasulullah said, Do you have any doubt in seeing the 14th night moon? When you see it and there are no clouds in the sky, they said, No, Messenger of Allah. He says, In the same way you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, Allah said in Surah Al Qiyamah, there will be faces that beaming with delight on the Day of Judgment. This is the point. And they will be looking at Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He will reveal Himself to Him. And Allah will say, Now come across. And follow this way. And they will come down to that pit where everyone has to come. And they will then see the sirat and they will see the, the bridge. Now this bridge will be put down at this time. And the bridge will be over Jahannam. وَتَحُلُّ الشَّفَاعَ And now there's, there's, there's two shafa'a, there's two intercessions which Prophet ﷺ will, will receive. And there's one intercession that we will receive. The two intercessions which Rasulullah has is one in the beginning when he's asking Allah to open the accounts on the Day of Judgment, which I covered in the last session. And the other one I also covered, which is when, ev when all the people of Jahannam have gone to Jahannam and all the people of Jannah have gone to Jannah, Rasulullah will return back and back and back and say, Ya Ummati, Ya oh Allah, my Ummah is still in, in hellfire, my Ummah is in hellfire. This is second shafa'a, second intercession which Rasulullah will receive. As for the believers, they will receive intercession. And their intercession here, it's, it's mentioned uh, in this hadith. 
But before I get to that, the hadith continues, they will say, Allahumma sallim sallim. Oh Allah, the one who's the salam. Salam, Allah's word, which gives peace. Oh Allah, please establish our feet, establish our feet across this uh, sirat. So they said, Messenger of Allah, what is this? What is this bridge? And Rasulullah said, Dahdun Muzilla. He said, It's a slippery bridge. Fihi khatatif. There are many different hooks that come out of this bridge. In one hadith, he said, Adakku min sharp. It's thinner than a hair and it's sharper than a blade. And he said in this hadith, Hasaka takunu binajd. He said, There will also be thorns that will be at the side of this, this bridge. They're coming out as thorns. And he said in one hadith, Mufal taha, which means that they are, they are bent slightly so that they can actually catch onto people while they're walking on this. Shuwaika, yuqalu laha sa'adan. There are many thorns that it has small, small thorns, as well as large thorns, as well as curved ones, as well as hooks that will want to sort of cling onto people as they're walking. Fayamurrul mu'minun. The believers will pass by this bridge. Katarfil ayn. And subhanAllah, he has given certain different categories of believers how they will go across this bridge. The best of believers, he has said, will go with a, with a blink of an eye. Subhanallah, a blink of an eye. They will be right in front of the doors of Jannah. Subhanallah, right in front of the doors of Jannah. May Allah make, make us from them. He said the next one is a kalbarq. He said there will be others that will go like lightning across. Like lightning across. Now that's not as fast as the blink of an eye, but it's still very fast. It's very fast going over the bridge. So basically these people are not even touching the bridge. Then he said, there will be those that will go across the bridge like the wind that blows. So they will sail across. Then he said, And there will be those that will go across like birds that fly over. And again, Alhamdulillah, they're not even touching this. There are going to be those that will go like fast horses across this. The way a fast horse can run, that's how fast they will go across this bridge. In one, and what will happen at this moment is, this is not in this hadith, but this is in the Qur'an, the verses that I read in the beginning of this, this lecture, or this reminder, I said that in, uh, there's some verses of Surah Al-Hadid, and you will find that around the 10th verse, 11th, 12th verse, you will find where Allah has mentioned about this whole chapter, what will happen on the Day of Judgment. And the munafiqeen, the, the, the hypocrites, are with the believers, and they want to get across as well. فَضُرِبَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِسُورٍ لَهُ at the moment when the munafiq want to get across, because what's going to happen is, at that point when you get down to this low pit, it's very dark as I've explained. You can't see anything and the fire of Jahannam is black. So what Allah will do is, Allah will give everyone nur and light. And this light will be according to our a'mal and our actions. So the one who has the greatest a'mal or actions will have the greatest source of light. That light will show them clearly how to cross the cross the bridge. And in the speed that Rasulullah said, with that light they will cross the bridge. The munafiqeen won't have any light. They're hypocrites. So what they will do is they'll grab on to certain believers and they'll say, look, we were with you in the dunya. We were with you in the world. Come on, guy, man, I was your friend. Man, remember, we choose to chill out. What are you? <laughs> Please take me across. And they will have, won't have any light. The believers will, have, will be the only ones that will have light. Rasulullah said in one hadith that the lowest amount of light, the minimum amount of light that a believer will have is it will be the, 
the amount of the end of his little finger. So basically, it's like a little bulb, and he said that it will sometimes come on, and sometimes it will go off. Sometimes it will come on, and when it comes on, he will walk, or try to get across the bridge. But you've got to be careful of the thorns, and you're careful not to slip. And sometimes it goes off, so he stands there, he waits. He's the weakest of all believers. Otherwise, there'll be others that will go across with much more light and much more speed. So, فَضُرِبَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِسُورِ اللَّهُ At that moment when the munafiqin will try and get with the believers across the bridge, Allah will put a wall or a barrier between them. Now, there's going to be a door in, in between that. That door, he says, بَاطِنُهُ فِيهِ رَحْمَةً Inside the door on the side of the believers, there's only mercy of Allah. And ظَاهِرُهُ On the outside of the door, there's only Allah's punishment. So the munafiqeen won't be able to cross this door. They won't be able to cross this barrier that Allah has created and they will be left behind. And obviously what will Allah do with them? Allah will then make them drop into the lowest of Jahannam. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ The lowest part of Jahannam they will receive. And, shall, uh, and when I talk about Jahannam, we could, we'll, we'll talk about this category of people. Nevertheless, the believers are now on their way to get to salvation. So Rasulullah said, Fanajin. Musallam, they're going to be those that will cross in the bridge. Those, there'll be certain believers, these are all believers now, certain believers that will be completely safe and sound and cross the bridge without even having a single thorn prick them. May Allah make us of them. Amen. And then he said, وَمَخْدُوشٌ Mursal. There will be certain believers whom the, the thorns would have, would have made scars in their bodies. Blood is pouring down from their bodies. They've been, they've been sort of you know, caught in there. Don't forget, everyone's naked. No one's clothed. Everyone's naked. So you've got to go naked across this. You know, you haven't got no uh, you know, boots, my brother. You know, to go, to go. So this is a serious matter here. You've got bare feet walking over this. And if you're not one of those lucky people who's going to fly across, then you have to actually walk across. So these people who are walking, these believers, believers, who believe in Allah, who did their sujood and so on, they will be walking, but they will get pricked, and they will get scraped, and they will have you know, skins ripped off, and they will have some parts of their bodies damaged. But Rasulullah said, they will end of the day, they will, receive, they will get to the other end. Alhamdulillah. And then he said, وَمَكْدُوسٌ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمْ أَوْ مُكَرْدَسْ فِي نَارِ جَهَنَّمْ He said, there will be those that will try and cross the bridge, but they will fall straight into Jahannam. There's some that will fall as soon as they get onto the bridge, they will fall down. There's some, Allah wants to punish them more, they will make their way halfway across the bridge and then fall. Then there's some Allah wants to punish the most, they will get to near the end and then they will fall. And that will be the Allah punishing them, a severe punishment going almost across the whole of the bridge of hellfire with whatever light they've got and then they fall, slip into Jahannam. حَتَّى إِذَا خَلَصَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ مِنَ النَّارِ Until the believers have now crossed, those Allah has saved, they will have crossed the other side. Then Rasulullah says, فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ He says, I swear by the one who has my heart in his hand or my soul in his hand, I swear by him that you, the believers, meaning the believers who would have survived, 
you will be the best in terms of looking after your brothers who have dropped into hellfire. This is now the intercession that we will receive. He has said, you'll be very, very covetous and eager to try and save your Muslim brothers and sisters from hellfire. So you will say, Rabbana kanu yasumuna ma'ana. Oh, oh, oh our Lord. They used to fast with us, O oh our Lord. Wa wa Oh Allah, they used to pray with us. Oh Allah, they used to do hajj with us. Fayuqalu lahum and Allah will say, Akhriju man araftum. Take out from hellfire whoever you recognize. Take out from hellfire whoever you recognize. La ilaha illallah. Now please, brothers, the, the good thing about this hadith is, if you're with believers praying, with believers fasting, with believers doing hajj, and you happen to get punished in the next life, then you've got hope here. That your own brothers will take you out, whoever they recognize, whoever Allah says, whoever you recognize. Friends, family, right? acquaintances are far and near, they will pull them out from hellfire. Or tell the angels to pull them out from hellfire. And then <clears throat> Allah's, uh, Allah's Messenger وسلم, says that they, you know, they, when they will come out, subhanallah, they will see that they've been burnt. These people who fell from the bridge into hellfire, they would have been burnt in every place except for the places that touched the ground in sujood. Rasulullah said in various ahadith that the places, so the forehead, the nose, the palms, the hands, the actual hands, the knees, the, the, the bottom part of our toes, none of that can burn in Jahannam. And فَمَنْ وَجَدْتُمْ so, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will then, uh, you know, He will allow them to do that. So there will be certain people, the hadith says, أَخَذَتِ النَّارُ إِلَى نِفْسِ سَاقِ Some people the fire took them from halfway from their shins downwards. Some people the fire took them from their knees downwards. And they will say, رَبَّنَا O our Lord مَا بَقِيَ فِيهَا أَحَدُ مِمَّا مَرْتَنَا بِهِ O Allah, you know, We've, 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 we've asked to take out the people that you know, were our acquaintances in the world. But there are still people, Allah, uh, th- th- there are still people in there. Allah will say, Irji'u, go back. فَمَنْ وَجَدْتُمْ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالَ دِينَارٍ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَأَخْرِجُوا Whoever you will find the weight of one dinar, gold coin, of iman in his heart, of goodness. This hadith says goodness. Whoever will have that much of goodness, this is to do with action. Then take them, you are allowed to say to the angels that take them from hellfire, out from hellfire. And a great number of people will be taken from the believers that is only, they will be taken out from hellfire. Then they will say, Rabbana, O our Lord, Lam martana. we've done what you've said. And Allah will say, Go back, whoever you will find with a half a gold coin of goodness inside them, take them out. So another large amount of people will come out. Then they will say, Oh Allah, there's still more people. Allah will say, okay, whoever you will find an atom's weight of good in their heart, take them out. And they will t- a large number of people will come out. And Abu Sa'id radiallahu anhu narrates his hadith says, if you want to read, read Surah An-Nisa, verse number 40, where Allah says, Inna Allah la yazlimu mithqala dharra. Allah will not, Allah will not oppress anyone, even an atom's weight. This is referring to this particular moment. So then Allah will say, subhanAllah, because at this moment what is happening is, Rasulullah is also going back and is asking, Oh Allah, people, my ummah, my ummah, and he will be given a different shafa'ah. See, the mu'minun would said, the believers, me and you, if we make it to the other side, may Allah make us of them, then Allah will say to us, whatever good you find, actions, good actions you find in their hearts, 
of these amounts, take them out. Rasulullah will be said, whoever in their heart you will find any iman, any belief, from this amount, and that amount, and Allah will make a less amount, and a less amount, till Allah will say an atom's weight of iman in their heart, Rasulullah will be given permission to take them out from hellfire. Now please, remember that many... You know, if, if you're thinking that this is a, you know, this is a short thing, you're just, you're just in hellfire for a short while, it's not, not the case. Because these people would have probably been punished in the pangs of death. The pangs of death. They would have been punished in the grave. They would have been punished on the day of judgment, which is 50,000 years long. And then they're basically now falling. And Allah knows how long He might punish them. Maybe it's part of the 50,000, part of the grave, more of that, whole of that. Only Allah knows. And then they come to this part here and they fall into hellfire. Allah knows how long they will remain in hellfire till they're pulled out of, of hellfire. And Rasulullah will also do his shafa and intercession and move back and forth. And like I said in the last session, he will fall into sujood. Allah in Maqam and Mahmud, Allah will say, Get up now and make your shafa and make your intercession. And he will be given the largest intercession that anyone would have received. And then Allah will say, According to this hadith of Bukhar and Muslim, Shafa'atil Malaika. The angels have made the intercession because certain angels will say, Oh Allah, that person, he's a good person. That person is a good person. I used to carry durood and salawat from him to the Prophet That person, good person, I used to watch him praying on the earth. That person, good person, he used to forgive people. That person, good person. The malaika, the angels will make the intercession. So Allah will say the malaika, they made the intercession. وَشَفَعَ nabiyun And the prophets have made the in- intercession. وَلَمْ يَبْقَ And no one is left remaining to make intercession except for the most merciful of the merciful ones. That is talking about Allah Himself. Allah will take one whole sweep of people, a whole group of people, He will, he will take, uh, He will seize them from, from hellfire. And they will be people, they've never done a single deed in their life ever before. Allah will just take them out of Jahannam. A group of people, whoever from His fadl, from His bounty, He will take them out. And they have now become absolutely burnt, dark, all over, coated with blackness. Because don't forget, the other people, they had their, their faces with sujood. They did sujood, they weren't being burnt. But these people have been burnt in those places as well. As well. Then Allah will say, now there will be a river. That will be the river from one of the rivers of Jannah. It's called Ma'ul Hayat. It's one of the rivers that gives life. And they will be washed in that. And no sooner that they will be washed from this water, that they will start to grow because don't forget the fire has shrunk them into dark pieces. And these, if you want to understand how this will be, it's like you know when you have when you fry some chips, you know when you fry some chips, and then you t- you take in the chips out of the oil, and there's one one little piece of chip that stayed in the oil and it's fizzling and sizzling on top, and you keep on throwing more chips in, taking the chips out, and there's that one piece. What happens to it? It shrinks, it goes dark and black all over, and it's sizzling on the top. So that's how they will actually be. And when that water will wash them, Rasulullah said, the way the foam of the, the way the, the, the um, waves of the ocean grow moss underneath at, at the seaside, they will find certain weeds and moss and things grow. That's how they will start growing 
into their normal size and they will be normal people again when finally they will come into Jannah people of Jannah will say these are the people that have been brought into Jannah without a single deed without a single deed that they have done Allah will give them certain bracelets and necklaces around their necks and they will be known as the Utaqa'ullah they are the people Allah set free out of his severe out of his sheer mercy and that's when, I mean, there's, there's another part of the hadith that's come, but this, this is one hadith that explains what will happen when people are crossing the bridge and Allah subhanahu, subhanahu wa ta'ala, His mercy will, will come. There's another hadith of the Prophet sallallahu in Muslim and it talks about the shafa'ah and the fact that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has given that to the prophets and to the believers, He will give that. There's one more hadith where Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in a hadith of Bukhari and Muslim. He said, "Likulli nabiyin, likulli Every prophet has got one du'a. If they make that du'a, Allah will accept it straight away. Every prophet, every nabi, they were haste in this world. They were haste in making that du'a. Wa inni I have kept my dua, my dua that will be accepted immediately, I have kept that for my ummah to intercede for them on the Day of Judgment. Subhanallah, that is our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam recite, recite salawat on the Prophet because subhanallah, Sayyidina, Sayyidina, um, uh, sorry, let me just finish the hadith. The hadith says, um, فَهِيَ نَائِلَ إِن شَاءَ اللَّهِ مَنْ مَاتَ مِنْ أُمَّةِ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِاللَّهِ شَيْئًا Whoever from my ummah has died without assigning any partners with Allah, they will receive this shafa'a eventually on the Day of Judgment. Abu Ghurayr radiallahu anhu, according to hadith of Bukhari, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, مَنْ أَسْعَدُ النَّاسِ بِشَفَاعَتِكَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Now listen to this hadith carefully if you want to, if you want to receive the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, who will be the most luckiest person, the most fortunate person of receiving your intercession on the Day of Judgment? Meaning that, who are the people who will really receive it? You know, the guaranteed people. Rasulullah said, لَقَدْ ظَنَنْتُ يَا أَبَا هُرَيْرَ أَلَّا يَسْأَلَنِي عَنْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَحَدٌ أَوَّلْ مِنْكِ لِمَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْ حِرْسِكَ عَلَى الْحَدِيثِ He said, oh, Abu Huraira, by seeing the amount of eagerness you have to learn hadith, I knew that you would be the first one to ask me this hadith before any other person. As'adu nasi bi shafa'ati yawm al-qiyamah man qala la ilaha illallah khalisan min qibali nafsi. The most fortunate, the most deserving people who will receive my intercession on the Day of Judgment will be the people who will say la ilaha illallah. There is no other deity, there is no other worthy of worship except for Allah, who will say these words, خَالِصًا مِنْ قِبَلِ نَفْسِ from, from purely from the heart, purely from the heart. Brothers, just, just take one moment, one moment. If you really believe that there is no other God besides Allah, no other deity, no other person who can control us, just say this with me in this session here. Say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Say that, and when you go home, Please spread this as well. This is a hadith of Bukhari. Whoever will say this from his heart, if you can carry on repeating it, you've now got yourself in an advantage of receiving the intercession of the Prophet wasallam. Now, there's one other shafa'ah. There's one other intercede. Intercede on the Day of Judgment. 
apart from the apart from Allah, apart from His angels, apart from the prophets, apart from the believers, can anyone name who that is? Can anyone name who that is? One. One other intercede on the day of judgment. That will be the Holy Quran. That will be my Quran, your Quran. You know, every time we're doing the tilawah of the Quran, that Quran is a person, my brothers. Rasulullah said, Make my Quran a companion for me in my grave. Because the Quran will be a person. You will see the whole of your life's tilawah has become this one beautiful person. And he will be there. When you wake up on the day of judgment, Rasulullah has said that your Surah Baqarah and Surah Ali Imran will become two shades for the believer who recited it on the day of judgment. Can you imagine that you've got Baqarah and Ali Imran shading you from the sun, from the heat of the sun on the day of judgment, if you don't make it under the arsh. They are shading you. And then Rasulullah in various ahadith he has prayed, he has said, He's, he's, and in Hadith of Muslim he said, Quran The Quran is either going to be a witness for you or a witness against you on the day of judgment. What will happen, my brothers, according to various narrations, is the Quran will come. And Rasulullah said this in various ahadith. He said, The Quran is Shafi'an Mushafa'an Yawm al Qiyamah. The Quran will receive Shafa'ah. He will get the get the you know the privilege to intercede for you and me, brothers. And sisters who are really, who love the Quran, you know, people who love the Quran, people who recite the Quran, people enjoy reciting it just for the sake of Allah. That Quran will be there. And what what will it do? It will come in front of Allah, and Allah would have said to some to some of us, "Go straight to hellfire, or go straight to heaven." There are some people, if they haven't treated the Quran properly, and they've been, Allah says, "Okay, you go to heaven." And this is Allah's doing. The Quran comes and says, Oh Allah, I stand. I am your word. I stand against your judgment. This person did not do this. This person did not do that. This person did not regard the halal in me as halal, the haram in me as haram. So, this person is not going to Jannah. This person will go to hellfire. It will argue with Allah until Allah says, Okay, you win my word. My word, you win. And the Quran takes them from behind their necks, min from behind their necks, holds them, takes them straight to hellfire, and throws them straight inside. And there will be others who have regarded the Quran as they should have regarded it, and Allah would have said to some of them, "You go straight to hellfire." And the Quran comes to the rescue, stands right in front of Allah. Oh Allah, this person was busy in the day practicing me, busy in the night reading me. Busy in the day practicing me, busy in the night reciting me. He wouldn't go, he would be so busy, he wouldn't go to sleep because he was reciting me. Allah will say, because the, the, the Quran will argue and argue until Allah will say, Oh my word, you, you win. So then the Quran will hold the person's hand and walk with him straight into Jannah. This is the Quran, Shafi al Mushafa'a, that will be given intercession, the right to intercede on the day of judgment. Subhanallah. The Quran is something, my brothers, you know, you don't, I'd love you to understand the Arabic, I'd love you to read it in English, and you should read it at least one Quran in English the whole, in your life, you should at least do that. But the main thing is to do the tilawah of the Quran in Arabic. You know, some brothers ask me, they say, do I get more reward in reciting the Quran when I'm reading in English or in Arabic? What do I get more reward? Because in, in English I understand it, or in the mother tongue I understand it, in Arabic I don't understand it. The thing is, 
that you will get more reward in the Arabic. Yes, there's a lot of reward in reading the meaning of it, and I, I expect you to do that. But there's a lot more reward in the Arabic if you don't, even if you don't understand it. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah, he writes himself, he says, I saw Allah, however he saw this, he said, I saw Allah in my dream 100 times. And on the 100th time, I said, Oh Allah, what is the best of action that your servants have? What's the best of action that you like from your servants? And Allah said that I like it when my servants recite my word, the Qur'an. So then he said, Oh Allah, is that with the mean, knowing the meaning or without knowing the meaning? Allah said, whether they know the meaning or don't know the meaning is still the same to me. So whether you know the meaning or not, don't put yourself down. This is something to do because the Qur'an will intercede for us, inshallah, on the Day of Judgment. And we will at least see it as a companion on the Day of Judgment. Nevertheless, all this has happened. And there's been people who have gone from the Day of Judgment either to the... To Jahannam or they've gone to Jannah. And there's, there's one part now I want to cover about Araf. About Araf. What is Araf? And then inshallah we can conclude this, this session. Araf has been mentioned in Surah Al-Araf. If you look in Surah Al-Araf, you will find it there. It's, it's, um, not, it's about quarter Jews into it. You will find the whole description of Araf. The ulama have, have had a disagreement of exactly what Araf is. The Ibn Hajar Asqalani, who is the commentator of Bukhari, says most of them have come to one conclusion, more or less one conclusion, which is whoever's good deeds will be the same as their bad deeds, exactly the same. They will be people sent to Araf. It's a station that is in a high place. Araf actually means high, high place. It comes from Urf, which is something that is raised. So they will be put into there. They will then have, they will look to one side, they can see the people of Jahannam. They look to the other side, they can see the people of Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has quoted their statement in the Quran of how they will speak. Now once people are in Jannah, once people are in Jahannam, they will have their conversations with one another. And in between are the people of Araf. So they will, they will hear both the conversations. And the people of Jannah will say what to the people of, of Jahannam? They will say, Whatever Allah has told us that we will receive, we have found it to be the truth. Have you found what Allah promised you to be true? They will say, of course we have. Of course we have found what is supposed to be true, we have found that to be true. These, this conversation, after or while this is going, going on, Allah says right in between, وَنَادَىٰ أَصْحَابُ الْأَعْرَافِ رِجَالًا يَعْرِفُونَهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ The people of Araf will call on to the people of Jannah, they will recognize their faces, they will say, you've made it to Jannah, we're still stuck in Araf. Araf is a mid-place. There's no punishment there, but there's no delight there either. It's right in the between. You don't receive any, any of the two. They will say to the people of Jannah, Salamun alaykum, Assalamu alaykum, Assalamu alaykum, O Ibrahim, Assalamu alaykum, O Aziz, Abdul Aziz, remember we were in the world, I hope to get to you soon, inshallah. So they will say, pass the salam to the people of Jannah. But وَإِذَا surifat, surif, when, when their faces will turn towards Jahannam, 
they will say, Oh Allah, save us, save us from the, from the companions of the fire. Save us from that. And then the people of Araf will then again call on to the people of Jannah. And they will have a conversation with them. قَالُوا مَا أَغْنَى عَنْكُمْ جَمْعُكُمْ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَكْبِرُونَ Allah will say what? O oh people, there are people here who said, the people of Araf, they might not get into Jannah. Allah's Rahmah will come into its existence. And Allah will say, وَنُودُوا أَنْتِلْكُمَ الْجَنَّةِ Allah will say, now here, this is Jannah, أُدْخُلُوهَا O oh people of Araf, you now finally, Allah will say, go straight into Jannah. And there will be one point when Allah will have His mercy. And He will say, all of you go into Jannah. So the people of Araf will eventually get into Jannah. The people of Jahannam will ask the people of Jannah. They will say what? In that same verse, around the same verse. They will say, وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ أَنْ أَفِيضُوا عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ يَوْمِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهِ O people of Jannah, Give us some water, give us some drink from the drink that the Rahman, that Allah has given to you. We are thirsty in hellfire. Give us some food that you have received. Inna Allah kafirin. People of Jannah will say what? Allah has made this forbidden unto the people of Jahannam. Now, Jannah, people of Jannah will be able to talk to people of Jahannam and vis- no, the, the other way around, they will be able to talk to each other. There is one other hadith that I want to bring to your attention. And that hadith is a hadith of Bukhari where Rasulullah said when people will cross the, cross the bridge, this is particularly when they will cross the bridge, there will be certain people who will be caught in between in a high piece or a heap. There's a heap over the bridge, they will be caught there. And what will happen is, between the believers, between the people who are crossing the bridge, whatever oppressions they had, whatever problems they had between them, they will sort it out at that moment. One will be on the Day of Judgment, but this will be a second moment. If there's anything left, they will sort it out. They will be cleansed from the evils they have done to one another. However, Allah punishes them on this part of the bridge. And, and then they will be given permission to go straight into Jannah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has said, فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسٌ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ I swear by the one who has the soul of Muhammad in his hand, لَأَحَدُهُمْ أَحَدَا بِمَنْزِلِهِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ مِنْهُ بِمَنْزِلِهِ كَانَ فِي الدُّنْيَا While they're on the bridge waiting to get into Jannah, they will know their station and their house in Jannah better than they know their house in this world. They will have that in their mind. Now some ulama have said, this is Araf. Some ulama have said this portion, when this part on the bridge, when they get caught, there's a, there's a kind of a raised piece of something where they will get caught into that land or something where they will have to sort out their bad deeds with one another, whether they get punished or however they do it. Some ulama have said this is Araf. Others have said that it's a station that will be away from that. Nevertheless, this is the, uh, this is the, the end of uh, Araf and the things that I have mentioned here. Uh, what I will say now, brothers, is these sessions that I'm giving, they're not just to think about these moments. They're to think about this world, what we have done is going to have a serious effect on the next world. dunya The dunya is only a cultivating land for the next world. Whatever we're doing, we're sowing the seeds for the next life. I'm going to go back home tonight. 
you're going to go back home tonight. There's going to be a few things you will carry away from this. One of the things I want you to carry away is that you will go and spread this da'wah to your family members, to your friends, to your colleagues. You, we will remind one another again and again of this. You will sit in your homes in the dark. I said to, this bef- to you to this before. Imagine you're going through all of this. Imagine it. Imagine another way to make yourself feel all, the, all of this. You know, there's the, the psychological studies done in this. If you kind of scrape your feet along the floor, yeah, and you kind of imagine that this is now the bridge, you kind of you put your foot onto something that is a bit spiky. Don't put it onto real thorns, yeah? Okay? Then you're going to start saying bad words to me, right? Something that is spiky, put your, put your feet onto something that feels spiky. It could be a hairbrush. It could be a hairbrush. It could be a comb. Something plastic that's not going to go in your feet. Okay, guys, don't dare the other thing, right? So then you put your feet and you scrape it along there. In the dark. In the dark. Sit in the dark and do this. Scrape it onto your foot. And imagine that you're walking uh, across Jahannam. Imagine, take a little bulb, little torch, right? And, and, you know, flick it on, flick it off. Imagine you could be, I could be that, may Allah protect us, that last believer going across the bridge. Imagine that we're going across there and it's dark. And what's going to happen on the day of judgment and the long journey? Take, you know, if you've got time, go through death, go through the grave, go through going on the day of judgment, coming up on the day of judgment, go through standing in front of Allah, go through standing in front of Him. Allah says, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And subhanAllah, take yourself through all of those emotions. Make yourself cry. Then imagine that Rasulullah is going from, from one end to another and doing the shafa'ah. People are going, following whatever they want. Allah asked us to do sujood. Will I be the one who will be able to do sujood to him? Going across, going across Jahannam and getting into Jannah. Now there's a couple of things I will say. Getting into Jannah. Rasulullah will be the first one that he will knock on the door of Jannah. And when we get into Jannah, when we finally get into Jannah, and this will be the next, next for the next session, we'll combine parts of Jahannam and parts of Jannah in one series. So I'll say parts of one and parts of another one to give a comparison of the two lives in there. But one last thing to go away with and this is sweetness of what we, can, what we can receive in the next life. Imagine if there was no more worries left. You know how good that will feel? No more worries. No more worries ever left. You don't have to worry about bills. Worry about people ill in your family. You don't have to worry about the doctor. Because there's no doctors in Jannah. Sorry guys, got no job in Jannah, yeah? You, there will be no one to, there'll be no dentist in Jannah. There's no toothache in Jannah. There's no bellyache in Jannah. There's no headache in Jannah. There's nothing to worry about in Jannah. Imagine getting into there. Once you get into there, it's haram for you to come back out. You can't come back out. Only Rasulullah is the only one that can get into Jannah and come back out. Anyone else that goes into Jannah, they cannot come out. Not that you want to come out. <laughs> imagine, imagine having no la khawf. There's no fear. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing absolute to worry about. Imagine what you would do now. One question I ask kids when I teach them. And I've just done this today. I did, I've done this every time I talk about Jannah to kids. And I'm not talking to adults. Alright? The question is, what's the thing that you will wish in Jannah? So you know what kids say? I want a house of chocolate. <laughs> you tell them, what do you tell them? You tell them, inshallah. If you want a house in Jannah of chocolate, Allah will give you a house of chocolate in Jannah. 
Say that to them. Because a Bedouin came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Messenger of Allah, he said, will I get a red camel in Jannah? <laughs> a red camel. Prophet ﷺ said, if you want a red camel in Jannah, you will get a red camel in Jannah. <laughs> so if you want a red Ferrari, some people are probably thinking right now, I want a red Ferrari in Jannah. Well, I'm going to say to you, if you want a red Ferrari in Jannah, you get a red Ferrari in Jannah. But I, I don't think you will want a red Ferrari in Jannah. You'll not want it, honestly. But anyway, doesn't matter. You know, imagine, like that Bedouin, his biggest thing was a camel, but a red camel was the fastest camel, it was the best camel you could race along in the desert, and it was the most reliable camel. So he wanted that. And Rasulullah said, you want that, you'll get it. We're going to ask for a red Ferrari, or a red Lamborghini, or whatever, you know, whatever you want in Jannah. And the thing is, when you get to Jannah, you're not going to want that. There's going to be things, Rasulullah said, مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ No eye has seen. وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِيَاتْ No ear has heard of. وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ No mind has ever thought of. Those are the things in Jannah. But anyway, let's go on imagine. It doesn't matter. You just imagine. So I ask a kid, what do you want? They say, like if I ask my kid, he says, he says, I want Thomas the tank engine. And he wants the whole of the, the characters in there. So I get them to think a bit more. I said, you know, do you like theme parks? They said, yeah, I like theme parks. You can have the biggest theme park you can ever get. So one of them says to me, he says, yeah, that'd be really fun. I'll basically go on my theme park and I'll go down in a roller coaster. Wee, 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 wee. And at the end of it, I'm going to get my friend, make him stand there, and I'm going to basically kick him on. <laughs> Say, yeah, why? Because no one can get hurt in general, right? Say, yeah, you can kick him for a joke. Yeah, he's going to go flying back, bouncing back, and he's going to come straight back where you are. Right? Imagine, just imagine, right? You ask him, what do they want? They, one, one, one kid said to me, I, I want to eat from one end of the day to another end of the day. <laughs> Son, you can eat. Right? One other one said to me, he said, I want to sleep all day. You want to sleep in Jannah? Go and sleep in Jannah. You know, when you get to Jannah, you all want to sleep there, right? But you tell him, you want to sleep in Jannah all day? You sleep in Jannah all day. You want to eat there all day? You eat all day. Now, what will adults say? Guys... <laughs> First thing comes out, Yes? Now guys, inshallah, next session we'll talk about Hurun Yeah, so you're going to have to wait till the next session. I don't want to talk about it now, because some of you might end up having a bath by the morning. Right? You might need one by the morning. So we'll keep that for the next session, come prepared. But maybe next prepare of clothes, whatever, we'll talk about Hurun right? Next time. But imagine, you got to imagine, I don't want you to sit there and, and start talking you know, and thinking how beautiful they're going to be in your mind. That's wrong. But what you can imagine is what Allah has kept in terms of rivers, gold palaces, food, the trees, and plenty of other things. Keep motivating yourself with these things. Remembrance. And when it comes to, when it comes to you feeling, ah, oh, I feel like I'm already in Jannah. Now then talk about Jahannam. Think about Jahannam. And inshallah in the next session, we're going to think about Jahannam and talk about Jahannam and the things in Jahannam because it's a horrible place. Boiling water, iron, you know, there's going to be rods in there, snakes in there, scorpions in there, fine there, mountains in there, you know, people having their intestines burnt out, you know, whole bodies, you know, skin being stripped off, being put back on together. You know, you've got to put yourself in that, imagine this is happening to you and then basically feel that you need to do some more amal and actions and then think about Jannah. Then think about Jahannam. Hope and fear have to be balanced in this manner. Insha'Allah, bi'ithnillah, you will do this. Jazakumullah khair. Are you tired of all these annoying ads on YouTube? 
Are you worried that a haram video might pop up? Well, the One Islam TV app is here to solve these problems, inshallah. The One Islam TV app is 100% free of any ads and is safe to browse for your peace of mind. Watch or listen to lectures and lessons while you work, rest or drive with your device switched off. Watch videos on demand or download videos and watch offline. Watch hundreds of high-quality produced Islamic reminders, Quran learning videos, stories of the prophets, and so much more. Two to four new videos uploaded daily, inshallah. One Islam TV is 100% run and owned by Muslims, which means a small amount you pay for your subscription is a sadaqah jariyah, continuous charity for you as we use the funds raised to continue producing more beneficial videos and reminders. Insha'Allah. The One Islam TV app is now available on Apple devices, Apple TV, Android devices, Android TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. So you can watch on most devices and smart TVs. Download now for a free 7-day trial. May Allah reward you for supporting our work.